Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's Just Being Honest podcast is brought to you by Buddha Teas. So recently, I tested out CBD tea and it's quite amazing. It has no THC in it, but let me just tell you a little bit about what it does do for you. It reduces inflammation, helps alleviate pain, arthritis, irritable bowel syndrome, treats nausea, gut issues, helps alleviate anxiety. That is just some of the benefits. So thank you, Buddha tea. Um, if you're interested in trying that, I have all the resources of how you can pick up a box of Buddha teas in the resources page in the show notes. So pick one up today. Sip wisely. But more importantly, not that that's important, not important, as I am a teaholic, more importantly, our guest today, she's just being honest with us. Guys, she's amazing. When I discovered her, I was truly blown away. She is a yoga healer, um, has an amazing, an amazing story to tell about how she got into her practice of yoga, going from pursuing medical degree, taking a huge break, traveling the world, teaching yoga, and now she's on the path, still teaching yoga, but incorporating Chinese medicine with that. What do you know about Chinese medicine? Well, folks, you're going to learn a whole lot more in this series. So listen up. We're about to just be honest. Tune in, grab your notebooks. We're diving in right now. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Let's go. Hey guys, it's Friday. Well, it's Friday on our end, but you may be listening on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, or Friday. Okay, so I'm super happy today for, well, for two things. I've got like the sun shining on me. It's been raining nonstop in Southern California, and you're probably thinking, oh, wah, I'm on the East Coast. We have this nor'easter under 20,000 feet of snow. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry that you're dealing with that, but that's why I moved to California to get sunny weather, and uh, folks, it was raining forever, but I, okay, so my roommate, she was like, oh, it's so dreary, like, yesterday, and I said, no, girl, it's called Get Shit Done Day, and so I take advantage of these gloomy days, but today it's sunny, so I'm super happy. The other reason I'm happy is because I've got this beautiful, just delightful woman, I mean, seriously, if you can see her outfit, it's super rad, she's got these Tiki pants on, if you've ever heard of Tiki. She's got these crazy Tiki sunset pants on. She's sipping out of a mason jar filled with lemons and ginger. I mean, talk about purity, like radiating bliss. So I'm like, our our hearts are connected right now. She's sitting across from me, so I'm connecting with this aura. I'm getting chills. All right, so this is your host. This is the, I think you know by now, the Just Being Honest podcast. This is your host, KB, uh, your health and lifestyle manifestation coach. I said it's Friday. It may be another day of the week there. Anyways, I want to get started here because I got this rad girl in front of me. But 
before I introduce her, I want to tell you how I met her. All right. I had just moved up to the South Bay, which if you're not familiar with the South Bay, it's comprised of a couple beach towns. Hermosa, Torrance, Redondo, um, El Segundo, and Manhattan Beach. And there's this yoga studio at Manhattan Beach called the Yoga Loft. And it's kind of cool because it's not many people know about it. It's kind of like a hole-in-the-wall secret cave and it's overlooking the Manhattan Beach Pier. Um, it's in this funky, old-looking beach house, office building, standalone. I've met the landlord. He's crazy awesome. Um, he always says namaste to me in the hallways. Anyways, long story short, I found this place. I went to this yoga class, and my teacher was Miss Amanda, who we're going to talk with today. But... I was like, okay, girl from Kansas here, let me speak, okay? Come from conservative Kansas, and I see this girl, and I'm like, wow, girl crush, like complete girl crush. She's got, and I have a sketch in my notepad right here, <laughs> and it says, how I met Amanda, and I've got bell bottoms, and it says, cool pants. So she had these bell bottoms on. Her hair was down, like, just, like, ugh radiating like vivacious life and I was like she's cool like I gotta meet this chick and I'm like she's my yoga teacher this is awesome okay guys let me tell you about the yoga practice it was groovy like that's my word groovy like we're we're dancing around we're doing all these things I'm like this is not like Sunday we're like we're like doing like warrior like swing <laughs> if you could see me right now I'm like swinging my arms back and forth like tribal movements, and I was like, this is awesome, I'm freeing my soul, and her hair, like, she doesn't even have her hair pulled back in a ponytail, she's like, whipping it around, and I'm like, this is amazing, so from that point on, I really connected with Amanda, and we spoke just kind of without speaking to one another, we just read each other, we knew what was going on in each other's lives, and um, it's it was really fun to hear her journey as we kind of, yeah, chills, as time evolved, and kind of my journey as things happened on with my life. Um, and also that's the power and the connection of doing yoga and meeting like-minded people. So without further ado, Miss Amanda Murphy. Hey girl. Hey. Hey Hi. everyone. Hi. The JBHers, the Honesters, they're getting live. So Amanda, I met you. I think everyone knows by now that you teach yoga. Yep. But some people are like, oh, you teach yoga. But no, it's not that. You're like a healer. And we're going to go on further from that. But I want to ask you about your yoga teachings. How long have you been doing it? And how did you get started in that? Well. Well, wait. Hold on. Tell us just about you beyond yoga. Just just like a, like an elevator pitch. You walk into an elevator and someone turns to you and says, like, hey, hey, girl. Hey, girl, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so just introduce yourself. Go. Um, my name's Amanda. I have been living in Southern California since 2009. I graduated from Northeastern in Boston and thought I was going to go straight to medical school, um, which I took a year off while I was studying and taking the MCAT. And my best friend from college convinced me to make a deal where I chose where we went the first few months after college, like the first six months, and she chose the next six months. And she had 
met a guy and isn't that how most you yeah know, how she loved you yeah yeah and so she was like let's go let's move to um this little place called hermosa it's right outside of san diego wait uh, oh, wait so you yeah. you got to pick to live yeah in a place so, for six months? so for six months after college i moved back to martha's vineyard where i'm from oh and she came with me and we worked in the bars in martha's vineyard and made a lot of money cool and then she chose hermosa beach but i'd never been to la before i'd only been to san diego and i love san diego so she kind of white lied, maybe a little bit, yeah, and convinced me to move to Hermosa with her. And I didn't even realize Hermosa Beach was technically LA until we started driving cross country. So we did the drive across country, had a really awesome time, drove all over the place, then came to LA, and I lived in LA for a year, about a year, um, when I then left LA to move to Sri Lanka to volunteer. I had no idea. Yeah, so that's where I started yoga. So I took, I went home first to Martha's Vineyard to take the MCAT in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and took the MCAT and while I was home, my really good friends from growing up, right, convinced me to go to yoga and I went to yoga a few times, more than a few times, I went a couple times a week, really liked it but wasn't really practicing. I was going through the motions and my teacher was amazing and I still talk to her to this day and I love her. But then I went to Sri Lanka to volunteer, so I was there for uh, four months, four months mm -hmm. I think, something along those lines. And I started practicing yoga almost every day in Sri Lanka. A lot of times it was one-on-one -on -one with a guy from Ashtanga lineage and who had been practicing. He was from Sri Lanka. And um, so we, his English was okay. So it was more of a, yeah, it was more of a non-verbal communication. Awesome. Uh, and then I came back to LA. And Same place? I, yeah, so I came back you to South Bay. All right. And... The week before I came back to South Bay, I bought a Groupon for the yoga loft. No way. And yeah. this was 2009? 2011. Okay. Yeah. So I bought a Groupon and totally did not think anything of it. I was like, oh, I just want to keep this going. I like this. I feel less stressed. And I was planning on coming back and applying to medical school. And um, lo and behold, I started yoga teacher training like two months later at wow. yoga loft. Wow. And um, put off going to school for a bit and didn't even really realize it but it just kind of happened that soon I started teaching yoga and cycling mm -hmm. and so um, basically from there the rest is history but that is what led me to acupuncture yeah which is what yoga. we're gonna go into so you have been teaching yoga constantly for seven years now yeah seven years um, and you started at the yoga loft um, which is guys I told you about that's how I met Amanda but let's go back to the medical school thing because you took the MCATs mm -hmm. in Boston, mm -hmm. which is also very conservative. Yeah. You know, got to yeah. wear my sweater. Yeah, yeah. It smells and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Um, and, then, and then you came out to California, but when you were in Boston and when you were going to go to med medical school back then, mm -hmm. what were you going to go into? Uh, gynecology. I wanted to be an OBGYN. Oh, and why is yeah. that? Um, Northeastern is a five-year school mm -hmm. in Boston. It's right in Back Bay. And you do three six-month internships. So one of my internships was um, for Dr. Rafiq Mansour out of Brigham Women's Hospital. And so I was his medical assistant for a little bit and um, through the program. And then I worked part-time a little bit afterwards. And I loved it. The first time I saw a baby be born, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this the rest of my life. This is straight magic. I was like, it's the most beautiful thing you could ever see in the world, seeing a life really coming into yeah. the world. It's not, it's, I can't even put it into words how it felt. It was 
magic. It was just magic. And so I thought that that's what I was going to do, but mm-hmm. life kind of brought me, you know, on a different path. A different path. But um, if you kind of think about it, so that's like, you know, women's health, women's studies, mm-hmm. uh, the divine mother. Yeah. Uh, how, how am I going to say this? Like the divine feminine energy. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what yoga is. Totally. It's like the 100%. Divine, yeah, divine feminine energy. And um, so you're still there. And that's the thing is that same magic that I saw, mm-hmm. it's life for me is about how I can find that same magic that I saw in that first delivery in the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And can I, can I just kind of make yeah. a connection here that I just thought of? This is what I think about when I think about yoga. And it was not kind of maybe like you. When I started yoga, I think people have heard this, I hated it. And I've been doing yoga for almost 15 years now. But I hated it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm an endurance athlete. I run. I swim. Yeah. It hurt, yeah. and I, it opened up, it opened up, shit. You know, like it opened up a lot of stuff. I was doing all these twists. I got sick the next day. It was opening up a lot of stuff within me. Um, but that's what yoga is. It's a rebirth over time. If you continue to do it, it is a rebirth. So that's as a teacher, you are still delivering people life. Mm-hmm. And the rebirth of their true self. And with that, when people tell me that they do yoga and they, they've done a few classes and they're just doing the class and they get sick or they don't feel it, it's going, you went too deep too fast. Mm. And also, if people don't like a yoga class, and that's the thing is like my yoga class is generally pretty different than a lot of people's yeah, yoga classes. Totally. So not everyone's going to like me and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not the right fit, then there's always somebody else that is going to be the right fit. Exactly. I completely agree. Yeah. Um, which, if you guys ever are in the South Bay, you've got to find Amanda. She's got, I mean, seriously, I've never, it, there's something to be said about the fluidity of her, your movements um, and ways that you teach. It's very storytelling. Um, and I remember when I was in Bali, um, and you may have uh, similar experiences being abroad or um, mm-hmm. Sri Lanka, is that the connection in the movements that they do um, and the it's more dance worthy. Mm-hmm. And when you can free yourself through dance and that movement, you're moving s- crazy energy. Mm-hmm. Crazy exactly. energy. Yeah. So, um, so beyond that, so you're teaching yoga and now you've decided, um, how, how long have you been back in medical school? Cause you, this is my fourth year, your fourth year. Okay. Yeah. So you decided to go back. I want to know what made you decide to go back. Cause you could have easily mm-hmm. been like, nope, I'm going to do yoga, now I'm going to do teacher trainings or retreats, which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that as well. What made you want to go back? Well, so at the time that I decided to go back to school, I always knew I was going to go back to school. It was always just a question of what. And so I kept bouncing around and I worked, um, you know, I shadowed a PA at a plastic surgeon's office in Marina Del Rey and I tried to look into different nursing or physician's assistant or what other programs in the medical field, what would I do? And I even took Spanish in... Uh, what's the, the school called? Uh, not El Camino. Um, why am I blanking? Harbor College. I even okay. took Spanish to try to be like, okay, maybe I'll get a degree and, you know, what different things. I kept kind of exploring. And then at the time that I went back to school, I was teaching 35 classes a week. So I was teaching full time. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching 35 classes a week. I was teaching 20 yoga classes a week and 15 cycling classes a week. So my body was feeling it. And at the time... It was okay, but I knew that, that was only sustainable for so long. Like, I yeah. knew that my body, my knees. So, yeah. the way my knees were pretty achy, 
I started going to acupuncture with KSNA in Manhattan Beach, and she was the first doctor, and I went to a few different types of doctors, she was the first doctor that didn't tell me I had to stop spinning. She was the first doctor that met me where I was and was like, okay, this this is who you are. I resonated so much with cycling that that was a huge it'd be like telling you oh you can't run anymore you'd be like (laughs) no yeah yeah watch me no and you wouldn't there was something I didn't respect the other doctors but I couldn't I couldn't form a real relationship with them because they didn't see me Mm -hmm. and she was the first doctor to see me and so I kept going to her and I'd go to her for everything and I'd see her a few times a week and my knees were better and it was fine. And I could spin. I could do what I wanted to do. I could do any extra. I could squat. I could do whatever I wanted to do hmm. with my knees, and they were okay. In- immediately after the treatment? After or? a few treatments, okay. yeah. yeah. Not, but sometimes they would be in pain, and she would needle them, and then they wouldn't be in pain after the treatment. Oh. Yeah. So depending. It depends on, you know, it's always different. But then in 2000, I don't even know, 14? 2014, I think, I ended up going on retreat, assisting in two of my friends' and teachers' retreats. Um, Shelly Williams and Sue Zinis, who owns the Yoga Loft. I went with them to Costa Rica, and it's when I was there on Shelly's retreat assisting her that I was like, oh, why wouldn't I go to acupuncture school? I love acupuncture. I believe in it. It works. It's still helping people. It's helping people heal, but it's giving, I believe, acupuncture gives people, or Chinese medicine gives people greater control of their own health. Mm -hmm. And so I liked the notion of empowering people. That's why I like teaching yoga. I like to empower people. So it just was natural. It was organic. It felt right. So I got back to Los Angeles, and I called Emperor's College in Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. my school, and they had opening series that had started that week, and so I started. I started right away. So they let you do a few classes, and there's like, yeah, they're like, um, it's called opening series, so you can take a few fundamental classes and see if you like it before applying and enrolling. You guys should do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was cool. It was great. So I, right away I started using what I was learning in my teaching. Yeah. And what was great is like right after, so that whole summer I was teaching and I would, I would learn things about five elements or um, how things relate to us via nature and the seasons. Other than what I already knew from Ayurveda and from studying Ayurveda, I learned about it in a deeper way or I was learning more information. And so as I was teaching about it, I talked about it all the time and then one of my students um, ended up coming up to me and talking to me about it, and then she started the program right after, and that's my best friend now, and we've been in school together this whole time. Oh my god! So just from the power of just talking about how effective the medicine could be, she had never even had acupuncture, and then started the the program. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. No, um, and you know, acupuncture. I I have a question because yeah. I have done it once. Mm-hmm. Um. And someone basically had told me, it was actually one of my coworkers, and he, uh, what was going on with me? I think I was in, like, a lot of pain, mm-hmm. um, but then also kind of, like, mentally going through something, mm-hmm. I think, in life. Um, but I had so much pain in my, like, upper shoulder and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I went to this acupuncturist, which he recommended, um, and I don't know if it was just me, or, but I don't know if I felt anything like if I got any anything yeah from it and I just remember like one of the needles fell out you know I was like is this a just a disaster like is this just not for me like no it's for everybody but I'm so intrigued by it and I still I still but that acupuncturist um was not like the one that you went to and I don't like this is why (laughs) 
just knock on wood, hopefully I stay in good health, but um, I don't like going to doctors. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, I don't go to Western doctors. Mm -hmm. And when I do, I play the game of let's see how long I can keep them in the room for because they yeah. they literally give you seven minutes of their time or else they get dinged by insurance companies or whatever. And then they just leave you with a prescription. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally not that girl. Um, and so I'm fascinated in Chinese medicine. But I want to know because this particular acupuncturist was like, calling me out on stuff that was not right, you know, mm -hmm. and and just saying this, 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 and, and you know, like, well, maybe you should just, you know, like, like just like you with the spinning, like, I'm a swimmer, and you, probably, like, my upper right shoulder was tight because I swim yeah. a lot, and he, and he was like, well, just don't swim, and I was like, well, what do you mean, don't swim? That's like yeah, telling no. me to cut off my arm, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I'm kind of interested in... Well, so just like with a yoga instructor, yeah. not you're not going to... It's the same thing. You have to shop around, mm -hmm, right? Like, mm -hmm. you have to find someone that resonates with you or that has similar beliefs, right? And there's all different schools of thought within Chinese medicine. There's different theories and different notions, and people practice one way or another. So it's, again, finding an acupuncturist that you resonate with, right? And then it's also knowing that sometimes you can get immediate results. with Like, there's times where... We can treat, say it's pain, where you treat the pain and you might feel a certain percentage better. Mm -hmm. So that's why going to a lot of times a, a really great acupuncturist, well, if you have an injury, they'll they'll measure range of motion or they'll test it before they treat you. So then you can have something post-treatment to see if there's any change in range of motion. Or they'll ask you on a pain scale, one to 10, how much is your pain? Maybe you say a nine, maybe after treatment, you're like, oh, it's a seven. So there may be small differences. Sometimes you can make the pain go completely away in one treatment. Mm -hmm. But that's not with every treatment or depending on how severe it is or how long you've had the pain or different um, or different symptom. But that being said, a lot of times you need more than one treatment to fix a lot of things, especially if it's a long-term issue or depending on what the diagnosis is. A lot of times you need multiple treatments within a shorter period of time. Yeah. Um, to be effective, to really work and get rid of things. Like, in Chinese medicine, we try to treat the root instead of the branch. Love it. Yes. And so that's, pain, what I, that's what I like to do with nutrition, right? Yeah, yes. Root cause. Root cause. And with pain, a lot of the time, pain is actually can be a branch thing. So Ooh, tell me more. Yeah, so pain can be a symptom of something else going on in your body, of some disharmony. So for me, okay, so for me, if you were coming in, and the first thing I'd want to do, say you're coming in for pain, the first thing I'm doing by my treatment protocol would be to try to get rid of the pain. The second thing I'm doing is try to boost your immune system. The third thing I'm doing is trying to harmonize you. So I'm trying to harmonize everything that's going on in your body to get your organ systems working better together. Okay, so what so, if I come in and I say, Doctor, I, my lower back hurts. So, so we would, what do we do? We, would, we have two main diagnostic tools. We look at the patient's tongue. So if you're going to an acupuncturist, you shouldn't brush your tongue or scrape it at least 24 hours before. We look at the tongue because it's the only internal organ you can see. How rad is that? Like literally, oh, yeah, let me see your tongue. It's gross. That's why the dentist is like, oh, I remember one time I had, well, actually multiple times, and I'll, I can tell you more about that because I've had many different situations go on in my life. Um, but the doctor was like, oh, you have maps on your tongue. You have all the maps. Mm -hmm. And I was like, geographic. Geographics. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? 
but I've always been kind of an odd bean in my health. Um, another time I had almost like a, that looked like candida on my tongue, like mm -hmm. little white splotches. And then later to find out I got tested for organic acid testing and I had mold, mold toxins. Yeah. So yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so we, we diagnose, we look at the tongue, then we feel your pulses, oh. like right where your radial pulse is on your wrist. So we do both sides and there's three positions and each position correlates with different organs. So we're testing for how strong or how soft or the different ways that the pulse feels on our fingertips. And then so we use those two to diagnose. So back pain can be from a variety of things, but we can, just like with treatment with it, you can treat locally or you can treat distal. So you can use trigger points, you can use certain points as they relate to the back. There's all different ways to treat. So depending on your type of back pain, how long you've had it, there's so many factors for pain. And it would determine how we would treat. So one of those factors could be extreme stress. Yep. Okay. Uh, I want to, like, know if you could, like, test my pulses. Right? But you can't do that. I mean, yeah, like, I can. But what would you tell me? What if it's, like, super embarrassing? Well, let me feel. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, so she's testing my pulse. Right side first. I'm nervous. No, don't be nervous. So your pulse is really slow, so if I wouldn't have known that you're a runner, which I already know, it's a healthy, nice, slow pulse. It's probably like 60 beats per minute. And it's pretty strong. Do the endurance. It has a slight wiry to it. It's rooted, which is great, so you're not too stressed. Really deep in the third position, kidney position, so let me see this side. This side's a little more wiry, so that would be a little stress. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. Yeah. yeah. I've got some stress. But um, I am drinking CBD tea. More to come on that. Um, anyways, okay, so you test the pulses. So tongue, pulses, what's next? We ask a lot of, we ask general questions. Like, okay. Like energy. Like questions. Yeah. Yeah. But every time you come in, they should be asking, how's your energy? How are your bowel movements? Is a huge one in Chinese medicine. So okay. we want to see that people are having regular bowel movements. Right. A lot of things relate to our stomach, uh, spleen and stomach functioning. Mm -hmm. So how we're digesting food and how our body is taking that food and turning it into qi, which is mm -hmm. our energy. vital life force. Yeah. yeah. And okay. then, so when qi, so if you're eating good food, healthy food, food that works for your body, for your constitution, and you're breathing properly, doing breathing exercises, or able to really breathe fully, when you are making, when you're digesting food, you're making qi. And then it, the stomach and spleen sends the chi to the rest of the body. So we want the chi moving fluidly through your body. And that's, folks, what we call the gut-brain connection. Yeah. So when you're stressed in your stomach, that can mm -hmm. disrupt, um, congest the, the flow of the chi, yep. the flu of your poo, and um, flu. Flu is your poo. Um, and also the way you think. Mm -hmm. and that's all. That's often at times when you are stressed you have scattered thoughts mm -hmm. and all that jazz and you can't mm -hmm. even think straight and then that's why you freak out cry whatever um okay so then beyond that um you can get the needles out i mean yeah so <laughs> so pain so right with pain if we're going back to pain anytime you have pain in the body uh -huh. it correlates to stagnation so stagnation causes pain so stagnation can be stagnation of chi, of this energy source that flows through the body, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's getting jammed up somewhere, have you ever had the a feeling like something's stuck in your throat but yes. there's nothing there? Mm -hmm. That's chi stagnated. So that like fifth chakra block is chi stagnated there. You go to a Western doctor, they're going to do nothing. They can't do anything for you. They're like, oh, well, it'll clear. 
right? And you know you swallow a million times and you're trying to clear your throat, it doesn't move. That's what we call plum pit in Chinese medicine. And it correlates hand in hand with fifth chakra being blocked in yoga. And that is something we can treat with Chinese medicine that you can't treat Western, right? So, or like a headache, for instance. A headache, you can take an Advil Tylenol, right? But you're just, just treating, you know, extra, but you're not yeah. treating the, the root. So in Chinese medicine, headache correlates to, we do all this intake to figure it out. We do different, you know, different tests or whatever, ask different questions. And the headache can be caused by so many different things. Name some. Liver yang rising. Blood deficiency. Wait, liver yang rising? Yeah, that's What's a that? diagnosis. Um, so that's a diagnosis um, that can cause headache. Right? Graphic. So, what is it? So I like, mean... so like the headache, you where your headache is, can correlate to different things in your body. And so there's different treatments. So certain headaches can be um, certain different points. It'll oh be God. it's it's like hormonal stress. Yeah, hormonal. Tension. Yeah, like there's certain you know headaches that come right before a women's menses every yeah yeah. So there's different, all different diagnoses. There's over 20, probably, different diagnoses for headaches. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so each one of those is treated with different points and with different herbal formulas. <gasps> yeah. Okay, wait, it's so very and extensive. Then what was the other thing? Oh, so liver... Um, what liver young rising would be, like, stress, or liver young rising a lot of times is can be coordinated with um, or correlated with, like, Western hypertension or uh -huh. like someone who's really livery is like someone who's raising their voice and getting you know yeah. that's a livery livery person. Oh, right? I get livery. Yeah, livery. Okay, so then what are the other ones? Oh, there's so many. Um, what did I say before? You said uh, liver. Mm. Uh, that was the first. Another one. one is blood deficiency. Oh, blood deficiency. But also stagnation, right? If you have stagnation and things aren't moving fl like fluid to your head or there's a deficiency, um, you can get a deficient headache. Have you ever had a headache where? You feel really heavy in your head, or your head just feels like yes, like a heavy, dull, foggy. throbbing, foggy. Yeah, mm -hmm. that can be a deficiency. So generally, if there's something stagnant, there can be excess or deficiency. So stagnant is like ah, oh, like more intense, or you feel it, or or if you ever have like a knot, you know, like it's mm -hmm. stagnant. There's there's excess of something, or deficiency is that hollow feeling, that heavy, foggy kind of feeling. So let me ask you, um, because I'm familiar with. We were talking about the plum throat mm -hmm. um, and that knot in your throat. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask kind of another question because I have a friend who went through a very roller coaster relationship mm -hmm. and and she kept losing her voice and I and she goes, This has never happened to me. I'm like, Well maybe you talk a lot, you know? Yeah. She goes, This has never happened to me and and I said I actually said, well, maybe it's your throat chakra. Mm -hmm. Maybe your throat chakra is stressed or you're not saying something that you should say to this person. And maybe you're not being mm -hmm. truthful mm -hmm. to yourself and speaking your truth. And she's like, I know, I know. So is that is that kind of, mm -hmm. in essence, what plum throat means? Yeah. So um, I had heard that about when I learned about the chakras many, many moons ago. I had learned that, and one of my teachers had said that it kept happening to her. She kept wanting to break up with a boyfriend. She kept not breaking up with him. She'd go to say something and then would hold back. And so if you think about it, if you're going to say something and it's coming from your heart and you're going to put your heart out through your mouth, right? You're going to say, you're going to speak your truth. You're going to speak what is really meaning to you. And it's not coming all the way out of your mouth. The energy is getting stuck in your throat. Yeah. yeah. So that throat being blocked, a lot of times I've heard of different people, right, throughout 
my life of people then finally getting it out and they don't have this issue anymore. So I had known this story and been okay with it and all these things, right? And kind of believed it and I would share that story and say that it was my teacher's story when I would teach about the chakras. Last January, one of my grandfathers, uh, both, both of my grandfathers passed away last year. Mm-hmm. And both of them I knew, they, it, it, was, it was known, it wasn't a sudden thing. But when my dad's father passed away in January, I didn't go home because school and life. And I was already missing my max amount of time at the end of that semester to do my retreat to Bali. And so it was really hard for me to not go home, obviously. And I felt that I was processing everything. I felt okay. But I woke up one morning with plumpet in my throat. And I could not clear it. And I was like, oh, whoa, this is what I've learned. This is really seriously what I've talked about and learned about and expressed. And I could not clear it because I kept trying to speak my truth. I kept trying to talk about her, talk about my grandfather, talk about my family. But what I didn't realize is while I was really, really upset and heartbroken, and it didn't happen the day after he died. It happened a week or so later. Um, what I realized was that I didn't cry. Mm. I didn't cry. Like, I shed a few tears and I was really sad and upset, but I didn't really cry. Ugly face cry. Yeah, yeah. ugly face cry, sobbing, weird body posture, yeah. like not <laughs> breathing cry. And yeah. I needed to do that, but I could not do it. And I, it didn't, I didn't realize, and then I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like, I'm fine. I'll be fine. And that stagnation in my body, that upset, that what we, what I could say I think was me being liver chi stagnant, like this emotional upset but trying to be strong and trying to be okay with it and know that it's the natural circle of life, I didn't fully grieve. And then that grief not being expressed in my heart and not coming out got stuck in my throat. And it was really interesting because I developed a little bit of like a rash on my neck, right? Um, near my Adam's apple, yeah. And um, a few different, I did a few different things, um, but one of the times that I helped clear it was a point on my hand, which is a large intestine point. But the point on my hand, um, one of my friends who was treating me in the clinic at the time kept stimulating it, kept stimulating the needle, and it hurt. It didn't feel great. It's a very sensitive point, but it's also the number one point in the body for pain. So it's the point, you guys can't see it, but it's between the finger and the pointer finger. Between the thumb, the first and second. Yeah, Yeah. the thumb and the pointer finger. So if you make like an L shape and then you put your other thumb and pointer finger and squeeze. Yeah, Yeah, squeeze the meat. And that is your throat chakra? So this is um, LI4, so large intestine 4. And it, yeah, so basically it's the number one pain point in the body. And it really moves the chi in the body, like intense. It's a really powerful point, and it's done in a lot of acupuncture treatments, and it's really effective, extremely effective, and moving the chi in the body. So she um, wow. stimulated, 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 and I kept clearing my throat, kept clearing my throat, and then I felt it move deeper into my throat towards, oh. yeah, so towards where um, your clavicles meet. Mm-hmm. I felt it move from around my Adam's apple down to there over the course of maybe 20 minutes of her stimulating and stimulating. So every treatment is different, right? That was what I needed in that treatment, and she stayed in the room with me and stimulated the needle. A lot of treatments, right, they put the needles in, and they leave you yes, for 30 minutes. Yes, leave you. But it's good. I know. Because you need to meditate and take it in, and it takes 28 and a half minutes for chi to circulate in the body. So it's one cycle of chi moving through the body. So that's why you're left for 30 minutes. Wait, how do you know? Like, how do they know that? Girl, a lot of... I mean, lot. the Chinese... Yes. Yeah. Well, so here's another thing that's... So when I first started the program, because I come from a Western background, 
every time I'd be like, well, how do you know? Exactly. How can you prove that? Kansas. So there's this one, yeah, like, how do you know that to be true? So there's this one point um, that is called Gallbladder 37, and the opinion <laughs> translates to bright eyes. Oh, cool. And it's the low point on the gallbladder channel. And what that means, the low point, it just means that it connects with other channels. So it has this functionality to it that it is more of a connecting point. Like mm -hmm. it's making relationship, right? So it's been called bright eyes for, th whatever, thousands of years, right? Or well, maybe not thousands of years, but close to. And on an MRI, if you needle that point, it lights up the occipital point. Ew. Or not the, the orbital point, sorry, orbital points, the eye point. So on, an, like, if you do a functional MRI or CT scan, like, it's going to light up behind the eyes. Wait, so, so you like can see change, you can see it's the person's eyes? Yes. So, like, if they're on the table and they're getting an MRI and they light up your gallbladder, is that... That gallbladder 37, yeah. The gallbladder will, yeah. 30, 37, which it's actually, you are, you are pointing to your shin. Oh, no, you were just... Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, sorry. Right. But the gallbladder is... Yeah, yeah, the gallbladder is... Yes, yes. Okay. So, like, that just tells you that there's points spread out all over the body that that's, treat places... That are somewhere opposite. else. Yeah, that are somewhere else. That's yeah. why... Okay, so that's why, like... Uh, what was it? My masseuse... Yeah, so gallbladder 37 is about right here. So Guys, it's, like, halfway you know, down the, I the always, outside shin. I always think the gallbladder is, like, in like near the kidneys. You know, and it, yeah, yeah, but okay. it's meridian channel. But yeah, okay, so she's pointing to like the back of her, um, the outside of the calf, like the outside of her calf. So that's intriguing. So gallbladder thirty-seven. But so that's why people like my mom. I'm gonna use my mom for mm -hmm. as an example. She goes, "I have a wonky hip." I love, I love yeah. when she says that. Wonky I have a hip. wonky hip. It it clicks, you know, or whatever. But that could be something, um, and I always hear people say that's like the diagonal of something else. So mm -hmm. she could have a tight shoulder or a pinched nerve yep. up in her shoulder. Um, so that's true. Like, yeah. things mm -hmm. go towards different Yeah, there's places. mirroring. There's mirroring in the body. So that's also why, like, when, you know, I'm, you, you know, testing my pulses and said I'm a little bit stressed, which, yes, I am a little bit stressed. Um, but I have tight... Um, jaw. Tight jaw. And then so... And I even went to a hip opening class, but I know the tight jaw connects to the hips. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Woo! Crazy yeah. sauce. Yeah. Um, okay, so beyond that, so when you were doing the, the chakra on the throat, um, when you treat it acupuncturally, I mean, you could do it, you know, you know, with the meridian point of your, between your finger, but then also, like, if you're using needles, do you stick needles in the throat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah. Like, do so you have a, how do, how do you do that? Like, so you can, can stick one, like, there's one main point here, and there's one point down here, but the neck is actually full of points that we call window of the sky points, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting because esoterically, right, it's, it's opening us to something greater. So Wait, say that us. one more time. Open the esoteric to the Yeah, so window of the sky points. There's a bunch of window of the sky points okay. on the neck. And so um, one of my teachers, David Chan, would talk about how these points are actually... So we have doorway to the earth points that are groundings to the earth, right? So there's three main things. There's heaven, man, and earth. Okay. So in the chakra system, heart is the chakra of man. Whereas the three below, so first, second, third, are the chakras of earth. 
and then throat, third eye, and crown are the chakras of the heavens. So it's a very kind of interesting notion because then within our own bodies, certain systems of acupuncture would say certain points are going to ground us mm-hmm. and certain points are going to lift us up and try to put us in a realm of understanding greater than ourselves, if wow. that makes sense. Yes. But so one of the things you can do for Plump It is treating the point on the bottom of the foot. Um, kidney one will open the throat, which is really intense, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kidney one is that way bottom of your foot, and it's super tense yes. and sensitive. Yeah. I have a story about that one, too. Yeah, so that one is rough. But um, there's so many different schools of thought on how you can clear this, and there's no necessarily right or wrong way. It depends on why you have it in your diagnosis. Okay, so there's different treatments per your For diagnosis. same diagnosis. So yeah. if, it was a, if it was a love stress or if it was a maybe like a cancer mm-hmm. like or something of that nature or perhaps it was a different something something there's different diagnosis mm-hmm. or different mm-hmm. treatments for that wow yeah it's so it's like a puzzle like a crazy yeah. puzzle how yeah. do you keep your head up straight i mean like seriously like, i don't know <laughs> uh, and- no i mean i'm still learning like i'm you know i'm still i'm in my last starting my last semester next month and there's still so much even talking about it out loud is different than right when i'm studying in and, you know, I have the next five months of studying for my boards because I'll be a yeah. primary care provider in California. Woo! Yeah. So there's still so much. And even as much as I feel that I've learned over this last three and a half years, almost four years, it's just the tip of the iceberg because there's exactly. always more to learn or more to understand or different ways to look at something. And so it just depends on what resonates. Just like, you know, just as someone chooses a doctor, it just depends on what modality of treatment resonates with you. Because there's so many different forms of acupuncture. Can you name some? Well, a really cool one um, is ear acupuncture, auricular acupuncture. And you can treat the entire body via the ear. Oh. So if you look at look at the ear, okay. it's if you look at it and think of what it, a person would look like in the fetal position. So right down here is the head. Okay. Yeah. And so the earlobe is actually has points for the head. So like the center point where most of us have our ear pierced is actually the eye point. So that treats the eyes. But then as you go up and around, there's so, I don't even know, there's a lot, a lot of points. And then like for instance right here, this inner part of the ear, that's the spine. And so as you go around, up here is the feet. And so you can mirror it and there's all these mirror images of a human body found on the ear. What? Yeah. You can treat the endocrine system, ovaries, like all kinds of... The brain is right in here, and so right, this is this. You can treat the brain, you can treat vertigo, you can treat all these different things via just using the ear. Also with ear acupuncture, there's something called the NADA protocol, which is five points on the ear that has been proven time and time and time again to treat any addiction. Crazy. Five points. And it's used and really effective. There's a lot of studies on it. It's been being used in the United States specifically. There was a lot of people using it in the 70s for heroin addiction. Um... After the Vietnam War, a lot of soldiers came back with addiction, you know, addictions to heroin, and people set up little clinics that were treating people just using these five points, no questions asked, five points. Um, actually, Tupac Shakur, his father um, was a Black Panther, and he was, I'm not sure exactly which acupuncture program he went to, but he became an acupuncturist and was treating people, I believe, for free in New York City doing the NADA protocol, and was highly effective at helping people with addictions. Crazy. Yeah. Wait, so let me ask you more about the mm-hmm. ear because um, 
two things. Um, I have a, well, I have three piercings on my ear mm-hmm. um, on both sides. So mm-hmm. just, just straight next to each other. And I don't have the, um, what's it called? The, the up top thing. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember, yeah. I just remember in middle school, anyways. I don't have the up top piercing, but I have three in the middle. But interesting story. So um, only on one side of my ear, I get a lot of congestion on on one side of my my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. Like my tear ducts always clog up on my left side. I get keloids on my left side of my ear. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird. Um, always, ever since I was a baby. But so. Interesting story. When I got the second and the third, I don't really use those anymore because I I don't know. Maybe it was all in my head, but I felt like I felt sick every time I had earrings in my third holes. You might, yeah. And so now that I'm learning that you have different meridian points and that they connect to different things, it makes me think because, and not to bash anyone that has full ear piercings, you know, you see the people that have piercings literally Mm -hmm. a millimeter apart all the way up and down their ear. They have it in the middle, that really rugged part. So there's um, one teacher that I studied with uh, that I learned ear acupuncture from says that if you have something pierced, then that point gets desensitized. So then it's not In your body? Yeah. No way. Yeah. So... With that being said, like some people, just like how you know, everyone has heard of the person that has lived to be 105 years old. Uh huh. They have no piercings. But no, the person <laughs> that lives to be 105 years old that but drinks and smokes and does all the bad things and eats like garbage. And but so there's always going to be somebody that it doesn't affect. So there is always going to be someone that has all their ears pierced in a million different ways and nothing is wrong. But there's also been studies that, um, show, for instance, with people with pulled teeth, there's another acupuncture system, which I don't know very much about, but that is done via the mouth and the way that the teeth are, mm-hmm. and that the teeth correlate to different parts in the body, and that there's been shown that people who have certain teeth pulled will then manifest issues with those certain areas. Like, there's um, different acupuncturists who, like, if you go and you're like, oh, my, my left knee hurts, then they'll look and be like, oh, you had that tooth pulled, or you have a filling there, you have a cavity. So there's different people doing different studies, which is amazing, but Back to what you're saying about you being different on one side than the other, that's a polarity issue, where again, it's something else in Western medicine they wouldn't have an explanation for, but we have um, 14 primary or 12 primary meridian channels, and then we have extra, so we have eight extra channels. One of them, for instance, is the REN that goes directly through, and that's where I was blocked, my REN channel. So she's, if you, you can't see her, but she's literally drawing a line down the middle of her body, so that's the REN. And so that line kind of correlates to how you would think about your chakra system. So it's like going in line with your spine. But, so there's all different meridians, but um, there is a meridian that treats polarity issues. And so you could benefit from a treatment trying to balance you out, right? To try to find the imbalance of why one side is doing something different. Another um, example of polarity issue would be someone, um, Bell's palsy. So Bell's palsy is when one side of someone's face droops. Droops. Yeah. So that's something that's really effective with acupuncture. If you saw Vanity Fair in the fall, I believe, um, Angelina Jolie was on the front. She had Bell's palsy at a time of severe stress. She woke up and half of her face was paralyzed. And she used acupuncture to treat her face and now has full, her face is back to normal. Wow. Interesting. No, I, I would love to 
I, I think I need to probably tap into that more. Okay, so back to the ear, because I'm kind of obsessed with this ear thing, mm-hmm. because I always talk to people. So I'm on my computer right now, and I kind of Googled, um, you know, meridian points um, with the ears and kind of what they go. I'm just going to click this up. Let's see if this is a good image. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can oh, see how... Oh, whoa. Oh, my gosh, guys. This is crazy. So I'm there's the totally, spine. Yeah. I'm going to totally put this on um, the show notes, but... It's a picture of the ear, basically, and so let's kind of... We'll find a better one than this. Yeah, but we'll find a better one. But so, like, the main hole, right, is your eye. So, like, the main earring hole is eye. So, while, again, I do have my ears pierced and I have a few holes, um, right, if you think about it and you're treating a point that's going to your eyes and you pierce it, you, you're decent you because then it's... glasses. <laughs> like, ah, I need glasses! Right? No, I mean, I don't think... I don't know that there's been... There, I mean, probably in another country, there's been studies on this of the longevity of when you have your ears pierced, what happens. But um, in Chinese medicine, right, we connect. So Ren, that Ren point, Ren 8 is your belly button. So in traditional Chinese medicine, they think that you should not pierce your navel. Yeah. Because that's like your... A your big ears. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life force. Yeah. Plus, if you ever squeeze... Your dantian. It relates to your dantian, which is... <sighs> Your vital chi, yeah. Well, and that's your uterus, your, your... Yeah, yeah. Well, if you've ever squeezed your belly button, God, that hurts. It hurts. And actually, uh-huh. that, I mean, you couldn't, if you, female speaking, we're going to get graphic, if you touch your belly button and really get in there, you can actually feel it in your root chakra, which is basically, like, you can feel it down there. I mean, yeah. like your vagina, yeah. you know? So, this is really interesting, but anyway, so different points of your ear, like, literally go to the meridians, like, your ankle, your toe, your heel, your gluteus your kidney, um, your stomach, your mouth, your trachea. I mean, literally. So let's see where mine was really fast. Cervical vertebrae-ish. Yeah. Clavicle cervical vertebrae. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to learn more about that. So we'll get off that page. But um, what was I going to ask? So there's other modalities too, right? It's not, um, traditional Chinese medicine isn't just acupuncture, so it's not just needles. Okay, okay. So for instance, with children, a lot of time we do acupressure, so we'd stimulate the same points. Or we do Tui Na, which is Chinese uh, massage or oriental medicine massage. So it's using the acupuncture points and stimulating them in a certain way to harmonize the body. So like when my masseuse, he will literally open up um, the back of my skull, mm-hmm. um, and put, like, dig his fingers into the bottom of my skull. Yeah, if I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says that's oxygen to your brain. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff like that, yeah, right? Yeah, So it's using and listening to the body and feeling where the tension is, right? So a lot of people do meridian palpation. So the acupuncture points are on these meridians, these channels, and they relate to the organ. And so sometimes you can massage a channel on someone and you'll feel tension there. It feels stiff or there's a certain sense of energy or you feel either that excess or deficiency. You feel the tension, the tightness, or it feels hollow. It's a really phenomenal thing to feel. But so we use Twina. Um, we use cupping, which is kind of a huge yes, thing right now. I want to try that. So cupping is amazing. Cupping is my favorite. It's a kind of reverse massage, if you will. So <laughs> you're putting the cup on, you're using fire and suction to lift up the skin so you're moving the fascia the muscles so you're pulling layers away from each other to create more fluidity so Mm. you're taking out the stuck you're taking out the you know tension 
and uh, gua sha is another tool using yes. different, yeah, so using, you can use jade, or there's all different things. Rose quartz. Yeah, rose quartz, all different things to perform squa- scraping, which releases heat and helps with muscle stuff. It's amazing. So what I hear about those things is like, for instance, cupping um, and gua sha, um, which is scraping of your skin. Um, so let me try to make this graphic. The more that um, red, the outcome, mm-hmm. um, like with the cupping, you'll see some people, I call them octopus kisses. Yeah. The more red certain cupping areas are, that means the more stagnation or the more... Yes and no. So we uh, use the way that it shows up. So gua sha has this little, when you're scraping, it has like a little... Um, there, it's generally red, but a little like sand texture looking to it, like little speckles. It reminds me of when I was a kid and I would roughhouse and I'd get like little blood blisters on my knees mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a little speckle. So it can look like that. It looks like little flakes of sand. But cupping has all different colors and textures of the skin afterwards. So if it's really bumpy, we, see, we say there's wind in the body. So cupping isn't just used mm. for pain. Cupping is really, really seriously effective for respiratory stuff. So if you feel cold coming on, we cup the upper shoulders, upper back, where the lung points are to try to open up the chest. Uh And so that can be, it doesn't necessarily have to be red, but red is going to be heat, or there can be a purple, that's stagnant blood. Um, Sometimes it'll just get bumpy. Sometimes it will get a lighter color. It totally depends on the suction. green? Hmm, I've yet to see green. (laughs) But green in Chinese medicine correlates to liver, so there's some in five element theories. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have okay guys, I'm gonna get the cupping done and I will report back yeah. to you my results. Can you cut me? Yeah. Oh my god, I'll yeah. cut me. Yeah. Um that's crazy. Um okay, so another thing. So you do acupuncture and uh acupressure and Gasha, cupping cupping. Tweena. And then also, um in California, so this is not in every state, uh, but in California we uh, have to learn herbal formulas. So there's 83 mm-hmm. main ones for California, and then there's a lot of them that I'll need to know for my national boards. I forget how many formulas, 300 or so. Um, so we have to learn formulas, so you can make custom formulas, and there's patent formulas. Um, formulas come in either capsule or tincture, which is like an alcohol-based, but not and enough alcohol. And you put it in your mouth? Mm-hmm. Not on your body? Mm, no, you put it in your mouth. Oh. And um, so capsules, powders, raw herbs, where you take the herbs and make tea yourself, or these yes. tinctures. It's so good for me. I have tinctures in my bags because it's a little easier to remember, and it's just liquid under the tongue. Super easy. All different formulas can treat so many different things, and it's really amazing what formulas can do for people. Really, really amazing. And the Cleveland Clinic, which is, mm-hmm. yes, the Cleveland Clinic now has herbal formulas. And there is a doctor there. They have a full herbal pharma, uh, pharmacy. Do you think, um, considering, um, how am I going to word this? So our world right now is not pretty. It's completely imbalanced with, mm-hmm. the, men, the, with the feminine and the masculine energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to bring back some balance. Um, and I feel like um, Western medicine is very... And I'm just gonna say it's very masculine. Um, if that makes sense, it's very masculine. It's very money driven. Not to say like, you know, men are like money driven, but it's very profit. Mm-hmm. And Chinese medicine is very um, root cause, birthing, um, insightful. Um, do you think with 
considering the political issues right now that's going on and also our health system and how shambled it is, do you think more and more people are going mm-hmm. to be picking up Chinese medicine practices and being, more importantly, being willing to pay out of their own pockets to get these treatments done? Mm-hmm. Well, I think two things. One, I think that it's unfortunate because Western medicine, there's more women going into Western medicine than men at this point. Um, unfortunately, I think that uh, Big Pharma is a more, uh, I guess what you would say, more masculine energy, but I think that Big Pharma is just money-driven. I don't think it's Western doctors. I think that Western doctors go into it just how I did. I want to make a difference. I want to help people. I like science. I want to heal people. I want to make people feel good. And so I feel that Western doctors get like the shaft a little bit because I feel like we're all like, eh, the Western doctors. But they're just now out of school, one of my best friends from college is a pediatric oncologist. She's out of school with more debt than me, and I have a lot. And she's just trying to do good in the world, but she's being forced to work 80 to 100 hours a week, mm-hmm. and that's insane. Yeah, crazy. Um, so I have a lot of friends from my undergrad who are Western doctors and who are amazing, but they're almost, it's just, they can't get a break. Yeah. And so I do think that more people are doing, especially in California, I think that more people want to do something that works for them and want to be listened to and want more than seven minutes and want someone that is going to be their partner in their health. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a crazy opioid epidemic happening in this mm-hmm. country and acupuncture can treat addiction. So that being said, acupuncturists have a lot of answers and, you know, they're trying to be heard and many lawmakers are trying to make acupuncture an option or necessity before getting a uh, prescription for drugs. And if, if, if half of the people that go in with pain uh, went to acupuncture first, most of them wouldn't need to then have opioids. I completely agree. Um, I think if more people, I hear so many people like, oh, my hip hurts. I'm going to the, the surgeon tomorrow to see if I need to get surgery. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can yeah. we like step back and like, like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? It's a lot, a mm-hmm. lot of my clients, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. Maybe I should do either A, this drastic diet or B, you know, I should, you know, get a tummy tuck or whatever But that's they the do. thing is that there's this um, notion of what is our culture in the United States of having something quick and fast. Exactly. And that's the thing is like you want to, you have a headache so you want to take a Tylenol. Gotta go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, gotta go back to work. Gotta do this, gotta do that. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, I just want this quick fix. But really, it's hurting in the long run. The like, long it's, it's really, really bad on the body. And yeah. Just... What people don't realize is that taking a, an Advil actually or an antibiotic blows holes in your stomach so well there's a reason why you're not supposed to take right advil when you're pregnant there's a reason for these different things that um we just kind of overlook or we're not really sure or uh, you know people aren't educated because they don't have the time to educate themselves and nobody's doing it for them no they don't they have decided not to make the time yeah that's we true. have all the time in the world we scroll through instagram it's for true. five thousand dollars a day i mean we've got time so I, I want no excuse, but um, <laughs> just being honest, guys. Um, but another thing, okay, so we do all those things. I want to ask you, um, you are almost, are you almost at five years of your practice? Cause four, you're, four. You're at I'm four, finishing my but, fourth year in nine weeks. Okay, but you're about to take your boards. Mm-hmm. Um, considering the experience of what you've gone through so far, 
and you sound super, super like engaged in what you're talking about. Obviously, you've enjoyed the experience, and yeah. obviously, since you've been continuing on with the practice. But and you said there's so many different points of, uh, excuse me, so many different forms of acupuncture that you can kind of specialize in. What is the um, what is the one that you're going to specialize in, or that you're most intrigued to start well, with specializing in? Um, for me, in my opinion, I'm just I'm gonna let the universe decide that. But uh, it seems that I see most, I see a lot of yogis mm-hmm. um, who are coming to see me in clinic, which is great. So I feel I have a strong sense towards orthopedic. Um, I used to work for Dr. Mansour. Um, and so I think that I like to go the fertility route because yes. so many, you know, that, that God is power. So I just, there's so many women that um, live in pain every month and that struggle with things. And I think there's a movement towards getting women off of birth control. I think a lot of us have been on birth mm-hmm. control for a very long time. And um, then what happens? A lot of times we get off birth control and we immediately want to get pregnant and the body doesn't it's work that healed. way. So as I see a lot of my friends struggling with this, um, I feel a calling to help them as they transition and try to repair their bodies, you know, try I to harmonize. Well, we could definitely team up, sister. I have, I know. I have many clients. I'm not going to speak of issues, but that could definitely use acupuncture as a source of healing and getting them on the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you kind of want to contribute to this conversation before we wrap it up? No, just that anything that you have that is not your ideal health can be helped by alternative medicine. Maybe it won't, quote, cure it, but it certainly can help aid the signs and symptoms of discomfort in your body or disease. So if it doesn't work the first time, try another doctor, commit to more than one session, and take control of your own health because it's you only have one body. Yeah, and that's, that's that it. body. That's your that's your vessel through everything in life. Yeah. Um, and I have one more question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Get ready. What? All right, you ready? What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Being grounded. Mm. Being grounded, moving my body, listening to my support system when I feel myself getting stressed or listening to my intuition. We all know when things are right and wrong for us. And sometimes it's embarrassing or it's too much or you're, oh, I don't want to do that or you don't want to disappoint people, but you have to honor yourself and honor your true voice. Yeah, I hear you, sister. Because it's one of those things that in the end, maybe maybe you see it a week later, maybe you see it 15 years later and you're like, damn it, like yeah. my gut was right mm-hmm. or my intuition was right. Yeah. And, and you just know. But... Um, well, thank you. And thank I want to I want you to share with us um what's your next adventure that you're going on cuz Amanda and her boyfriend go on so many amazing retreats. <laughs> yep. Um what's your next adventure? We are as 5 days after I graduate, we are going to Croatia and traveling Europe for a month. <gasps> um we have a retreat to Croatia. Ooh. Um Unfortunately, sorry, everyone, it booked out in five days. <laughs> but you can um, advance book for the next yeah. um, the next retreat, which would be, do you know the France, one? Paris. France, when was that? In September. Is that booked? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I haven't promoted it yet, but I think it's already oh, booked. Oh, sorry. But um, you can find out more information through my website or through my Instagram. It's Spin Yin. Uh, my website is Spin Yin, S-P-I-N-Y-I-N. 
And, and guys, I'll write it all in the show yeah. notes. Don't worry. Um, I post on Instagram for all the things. I also do time massage. And um, my licensing will happen by the end of this year. So I'll be in practice in Manhattan Beach by January of next year. Awesome. And one more shout out I have to mention before I forget. Amanda has a pet pig. <laughs> and I do. if you follow her on Instagram, which you should at Spinion, um, oh my gosh, he's the cutest thing Thank ever. You. So shout out to Piggy Smalls. Piggy Smalls. <laughs> oh my god, he's so cute. So um we'll leave on that note. Um guys, it's been a pleasure. Amanda, I am Thank you. so I mean, my eyes, like, if you guys could see me, I'm, like, hunched up in a little ball right now. I'm, like, a little child. I am so appreciative of you giving me your time, giving me your knowledge, and just sharing your heart with me. Um, I cannot tell you how much you've had a profound effect on my life. Mm. And um, whether I said it or whether I didn't, you're a true inspiration of woman's strength. Thank you. um, Just speaking her own and standing her own, as you said, just be grounded, and um, I'm just being honest. So, um, guys, that was another amazing podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more, if you want to comment, please, we'd be so appreciative if you subscribed and gave us um, a rating, any star, one, two, three, four, five, hopefully a five. Um, comment, tell us if you liked this podcast, what you liked, what you want to know more of, ask us questions. We're on Apple Podcast at Just Being Honest. Um, we're also on Simplecast. Um, again, thank you, Amanda, so much. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. And we'll talk to you all soon. Kiss, kiss. Hug, hug. We did it. Talk to you all later. Peace, love, ciao.